0: Hashtag psychotherapy
1: unfogged with Mark Fielding. Hi, welcome to season three, episode 14 of hashtag psychotherapy unfogged. I'm Mark Fielding, psychotherapist and relationship counselor, and your host for today. In our last episode, our listeners will remember that I did say that this was going to be the last episode of season three. Um, And we're going to talk to Joe about some of his really exciting film projects. However, um, since then, I have lined up some really excellent guests. So what we're going to what we've decided to do is push a few more episodes into season three um, and then we'll see how we go. Basically, I mean, in in the in the kind of roundup, we will get back and we will get Joe on and talk about, you know, some of his projects um, today, we have an excellent guest, Max Wiley, a uh, health and resilience coach specializing in out, burnout prevention and director of Life is for Living Global. Um, now, burnout is something that we've never talked about on the show, you know, but it is an incredibly important area. Um, so let's get going. Um, Maz, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Hello, and thank you for having me
1: yeah great great to have you i mean can i just we just kick off can i ask you a little bit around your personal experience and you know as much or as little as you like to share that kind of brought you into working in this field
0: yeah sure um so my background is in holistic health um and um I've worked in uh, you know, fitness instructing, um, outdoor instructing, and um, have, have done a lot of work um, in uh, mental health. So I've done a lot of work with um, kids with serious illnesses, um, with young offenders, with addicts, um, and for example, parents uh, of bereaved, uh, bereaved parents, parents of, of kids who've passed away, um, and, and also with corporates. Um, and uh throughout all of this and with also with my own experiences, I um I was diagnosed with leukemia as a child, um which again, you know, was quite an experience. And I think that's where the the name of my business has come from, Life is for Living, because I think to be faced at quite a young age with your own mortality, um, it really emphasized to me that that life really is day by day. And and I don't think many people are put in a position where where they're faced with their own mortality until much much later on in life. Um, so yeah I think throughout all of that I I learned a lot about um, uh, physical health and mental health mm-hmm. and more to the point the, the the way they interact and and collaborate, um, and the fact that we really are um holistic, uh, we cannot yeah. treat. One part of our body mind soul without it affecting um the others and and that for me has been absolutely yeah huge
1: yeah i mean so i guess the you know the, the really really traumatic early experience of having leukemia as a child has kind of propelled you really into you know working in all of the varied areas that you work in and you know to to work with kind of holistic health I mean I I, yeah, I find myself agreeing with you I mean I'm a really big believer in a holistic approach but for our listeners can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that I mean what, what is a holistic approach?
0: Sure so um, I guess what I'm talking about is addressing all four dimensions of health so Uh, conventional medicine um, looks at very much the physical health, um, and it looks at using um, drugs, medication. Um, So yes, of course, physical health is important. But what I think society and culture has done is really put a stigma against other uh, dimensions of health. And I think to the extent that most of us don't actually realise that we have other dimensions of health. So, yeah. yes, physical health is of course important. You know, if we have a broken leg, everybody knows about it and we are, we are treated. Um, so we have physical health. We have our mental health, um, which is our uh cognitive health, it's our thinking, it's our learning. Um, and then we have emotional health um, and social health. Now, the the extent to which one of these affects the other is enormous. Um and the in treating one, we are also treating the other. So yeah. if somebody has um depression, for example, they're likely to, to uh be affected uh, physically as well. Um, you know, if we are depressed, we don't eat so well, our diet is affected, our sleep is affected, mm. um, our we don't exercise so much, so our physical health will then also be affected. Um our social health will be affected, our ability to communicate effectively with our peers in our work situation will be affected. So when I talk about holistic health, I'm talking about addressing all of the above, not just using medication to treat and move away. Um, So I'm not denying the importance of medication in any way, shape or form, but I'm emphasising that that there are uh, other elements of health which which are really vital in, in addressing.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, depression. I think is probably a really good example. Yeah, I mean, it 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 affects all of the different kind of realms you're talking about. And so, you know, one would hope that any kind of treatment. Yeah, and the medicalized model. You know, how, I mean, you know, some people I think really benefit from taking medication. But you know, but looking at all of the different kind of layers and kind of treating. I don't know, just just as you say, really, just bringing in a real kind of holistic approach, I think is massively helpful, really, and you know, and helpful, I think, for you know, for all kind of mental health, really, you know, and also I would argue for mental health scaffolding, you know, for, I mean, to to look at those different areas and to have things that you know one does every week in order to you know sustain good mental health, I think it's really embracing of a lot of areas. I mean, if somebody came to you um what, what, what just to drill down into the approach a little bit more um so what, what would you do I mean it, say they came for depression how would you kind of track all the different areas
0: so it I mean it's very hard to to say it, it uh it completely so uh, depends, yeah. the situation sure. um it is very dependent so yeah. um I uh work um a lot with corporates um but i also do work with one-to-ones um so i I provide a lot of workshops in burnout prevention and, and creating resilience um and i also then offer a one-to-one service now that's a coaching service it's not a counseling service oh, yeah um, and i think that the two are very different um so in a one-to-one situation um i would provide what I call health coaching mm-hmm. and health coaching is an adaptation of life coaching. So it takes the, the modern stance of life, life coaching. I am a certified life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it then adds the expertise of health. So as a fitness instructor and a specialist in, in diabetes and obesity, I can then add those elements into, um, into the, the actual coaching process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of any form of coaching is reigniting, retraining a skill that unfortunately, and very sadly, our, our society, our culture today is losing. And that is listening. And we do not, and our kids are not learning the skill of listening. We're forgetting it as adults. Um, and I think the damage that that is causing is, is really significant. Mm. Um,
1: yeah yeah i mean i would agree you know i mean obviously you know in in coaching in therapy you know in mental health generally you know i mean active listening you know i think it's such an important skill isn't it and you know and i guess it is being lost you know i mean we could probably do a whole show on this subject you know but i look at i look at the pandemic you know and also look at social media and you know people's attention spans and you know and i guess you know the art of active listening and really being with somebody you know listening I guess is in some sense is being lost, you know, and I think that in itself can really, really impact mental health, you know, because I mean, number one source of happiness is interpersonal dynamics, isn't it? We need to be, you know, around people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the health coaching is really, really interesting. So, so you work with, you know, you work, yeah. Work with people that um, are, are diabetic. Perhaps you could tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, that's really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, sure. So I I trained um, quite early on in in my life as a fitness instructor um, and um, in various elements of of my work became quite frustrated that um, we were so uh, one dimensional and we were focusing everything on physical health um, and not on the rest. And that's when I really started uh, deviating my work. And, you know, for example, when I was um, outdoor instructing, if I had a group of kids um i would really you know identify immediately you know what what the dimensions were in the group and you could as soon as the kids got off the bus you could see who was being bullied and who was the bully and i you know i could then use the the activities to to challenge these dynamics and to really help people to work um the same so for me um it is very much a holistic approach yeah. so um it I, I learned um a few years ago about um a program which started in the UK and has since come out to the UAE um called Exercise Referral. Mm-hmm. Um and this is a fantastic program and I, I think I actually danced when I heard about it. Um uh it um takes fitness instructors and it trains them um in um Trains them up so that if somebody goes to a GP with diabetes, obesity or depression depression problems, they can be referred to an exercise uh, referral practitioner rather than or alongside Conventional medicine, and I just think this approach um, is absolutely fantastic. Um, so, as part of my training uh, for that, I then did another qualification, uh, which is um, exercise for um, the treatment and prevention of diabetes and obesity. Mm. Uh, and again, I mean, it's it's just so powerful. Um, and it's, I think the big difference in in all of this um, is is the two there's two approaches in life uh there's the the drugs and medicine approach which is where we are putting responsibility with somebody else it's a quick fix and we we pay the money and we walk away sure and i think what our culture has to do both with with health and in many other elements we have become lazy we've become lazy and we become greedy mm. and the holistic approach um uh, for me and this, this referral uh, process is emphasizing that we need to take responsibility for ourselves and we need to change our lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and that's the big one. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, to, just to pick up on what you're saying about exercise, I mean, the exercise referral, I mean, that, that is, you know, much needed. You know, the, I mean, it's almost like every time I look in media now, you know, and, and on LinkedIn, you know, there's a new article around, you know, exercise being, you know, the best of the kind of... Um, better than medication for depression, you know, the best thing for all sorts of mental health conditions, ADHD is another one, you know, I mean, arguably the evidence has been out there for years, you know, I mean, there's a guy called John Ratey, I don't know if you ever heard of him, he he, he wrote about this years ago, you know, and it's a big part of the work that I do, you know, depending on, you know, what the client brings, I mean, I think exercise and mental, it's so important, you know, for for mental health and well being. so, you know, I absolutely agree with you, you know and and kind of adding a little bit I mean exercise in nature as well I'm I'm wanting to pulling your adventure therapy because that is also fascinating and that it yeah. incorporates exercise as well doesn't it
0: absolutely so yeah. I basically work with a toolbox which um which I uh, have put together through my own experiences um and I use six different tools um mm. so um I use health uh, health coach uh, health coaching, so the f- the fitness instructing element, which includes uh, the specifics for diabetes, obesity, and depression. Mm-hmm. I also use cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I use action learning, which pulls in um the active listening um big time, and we can we can talk about that if you mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, I use mindfulness. Um, again, the science that's that's being produced these days to prove uh, to evidence the benefits, exactly. especially neurologically, of of mindfulness and um, is is vast. Yeah. And uh, the, the the final one is adventure therapy. Um, so I again I got into adventure therapy um, years ago um, when I started working as an outdoor instructor, and I started noticing the power um, that the outdoors and adventure activities have to really change lives, to change relationships yeah. um, and to to help people with personal development. Um, and I think um, there, there are many different reasons that it is so powerful. And um, I guess if you compare them with what is causing burnout, you know, if we take the, the idea of stress and burnout in modern day um civilization, um we've got so many issues that are affecting and contributing to burnout one of those is society we are so connected with other people's views and um standards that we are all living under this very strict society and and we we know about it because we're so strongly connected with technology if we step out of what society expects of us we know about it very fast we And that's that's having a very strong effect on us. Um, We take the words um, artificial intelligence, um, artificial. We are now living artificial lives. And I think technology is feeding into that enormously, um, which is very sad. Technology itself has done wonders um, for our world. It has done wonders for our health however it is also having an absolutely catastrophic effect on our health um there was a statistic that that said we are we receive between 3000 and 6000 toxic messages every day. And that can be things like, you don't look good enough, you've, you're not the right weight, you don't have the right job, you're not as good as the person next to you. And these messages, most of them, are completely subconscious. Um, they enter our brain without us even thinking. But the effect that has, the impact that has on our uh, emotions um, and then our behaviors is, is of course very significant. Um, and then you look at the disconnections in life, so we're disconnected from ourselves. we're disconnected from other people, and i mean i'll I'll continue with this conversation, but one of the things we are absolutely disconnected from is nature and the outdoors um, and you then look at the powers that nature has to uh, on our health, on our positive health yeah. um, and you can see why we are all um struggling mentally emotionally socially because we are not engaging with nature at all we are completely disconnected um so that yeah the the adventure therapy i use in in so many different ways um and um in outdoor instructing, you know when we we really are in in extreme nature it's been very very powerful um from taking uh offenders um young offenders even murderers and transforming their lives transforming their views um of themselves and their values for life um so it's it's a very powerful tool
1: yeah and- Yeah. And and, and again, you know, with with, with kind of, you know, nature therapy and uh, increasingly there's more and more evidence, you know, kind of, you know, substantiating the fact that, you know, that it is really, really good in so many different ways, you know, for us to be in nature. And, you know, I guess we, we don't really need the evidence, do we? I mean, Because, you know, in a blink of an eye, you know, humans have changed from being in nature all of the time, hunter gatherers, you know, thousands of years to sitting in front of a computer screen, disconnected, you know, so, you know, yeah, I mean, the research is really helping. But, you know, it does seem obvious to me, really, that we do, we do need to start connecting more with nature, you know, but that being said, I mean, some of the research around, you know, the immune system, and, you know, the effect trees have on it, and when we could do 100 podcasts about it, I mean, it really, really is Fascinating, and and, yeah. and so to to just bring in some of the other things, you know, I'm struggling because you you've got such a you've got such a wide skill set that I'm wanting to kind of touch on so many things, but just to pull in a couple of the things that you mentioned, the mindfulness aspects again you know there's so much evidence coming in around the benefits of mindfulness you know i mean mindfulness for me i mean something that i you know i use in my own life something that you know I, I i'll use for clients if i think it's going to be useful you know and for me i think it adds to so if you're if you're in nature you're going to get the benefits anyway but if you're present moment focused and mindful with nature then the benefits are going to be you know far far better um Tell us a bit more about action learning, because I don't really know much about that. Would, would it be OK to ask a little bit more? Sure, about that? absolutely.
0: Yeah. absolutely. Um, action learning is a tool that was developed um, by a guy called Reg Red Revens, um, I think in the 40s, um, and it was designed initially for businesses. Um, and it takes um, it takes a very different approach to communicating. Um, so. First of all, it uses active listening and it teaches active listening um normally in a situation, if somebody has a problem um they will go to their friends or their peers because this this is a, a design for work tool and they will express their problems. So for example, um oh, I've got member staff who keeps turning up late for work are natural response to somebody else having a problem is to tell them what to do, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that be a personal problem or a work problem. um, Somebody else telling you what to do can be quite uh, disempowering. It can be incredibly patronizing and it can leave you with a very negative um, feeling. So action learning uses active listening, and I'm really talking about active listening. Mm -hmm true listening um to empower the problem holder to come up with their own solutions mm. um we all we're all aware of the concept of unsolicited advice and unsolicited advice has now been said to be one of the most damaging forms of communication um and action learning takes unsolicited advice turns it on its head and teaches people how to communicate by empowering others and themselves rather than providing this unsolicited advice the other element that we i think as society that we struggle with quite a lot is um, the concept of toxic positivity um, again when somebody addresses a problem or expresses a problem and it's straight away, Oh don't worry, you'll be fine. Everything's okay. You'll be fine. It'll it'll all be fine. And actually it really doesn't feel like it will be fine. Um, and you're, you're put back into that position again of being patronized, disempowered and the validation of your problems, validation of you, your emotions is completely taken away. And again, that can be very harmful. So, um, active listening is a sorry action learning is a, is a a group activity which has very set rules and conditions but it's where a person's problem is addressed by the group but it's their problem and the group are helping the problem holder to come up with their own solutions so the group are empowering the problem holder um and it's it's i, I started using it um when i was working for the school for social enterprise in scotland so training young uh not young young and <laughs> new entrepreneurs. sorry um yeah. this in this art um and it was a fantastic i mean it's a very powerful tool um and I've since used it uh, with young people uh, in schools and alongside adventure therapy as well um, to to uh, enable people to communicate in a very different way. Um, so yeah,
1: I absolutely love that. Goodness yeah. me, it must be so powerful. You know, I mean, group dynamics, you know, are really powerful anyway. But looking at. Yeah you know, empowering an individual to, you know, to c- kind of make their own decisions well. I mean, that must be yeah. amazing, really, for yeah. the whole group. And, you know, absolutely. To, yeah.
0: So the the nice thing about it is, you know, it was designed um as a business, but the nice thing about it is it's been so um successful in adapting it for use with young people and the lovely yeah. thing about it for young people is once you've picked it up once you've learned it it's a skill that stays with you for life it's not something that you can you know put down again it's part of your mindset it's part of the way you will communicate for the rest of your life yeah. um, and because it's designed for business young people then they learn it as, as a, a, a young person moving from school to university for example and then when they go and into a position into a job if they then become a manager themselves this is a skill they will pass down to their staff Mm -hmm. um which which will seriously affect their career yeah
1: yeah I mean so beneficial for them you know and it's quite a nice segue into the what your work with corporations because you know I, I mean as you're talking I'm thinking about you know kind of traditional well, I'm saying traditional, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of toxic management styles, Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, you know, micromanaging, yeah. you know, managing through fear, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, I mean, it would be lovely if I could sit here and say those kind of management styles are still not present in corporations. I think, yeah. I don't know, I get the improv, I mean, I, I don't work in corporations, but I get the sense that perhaps management styles are changing and they're moving more into the area that you're kind of describing.
0: Yeah, uh, do I, what I what do you see? I think they are changing i think you're right um i think um one of the issues that we're having is um again going back to this area of greed um and i think greed is having a big effect on on society as a whole um and as a consequence we are so busy so stressed we are completely disconnected from our own limitations yeah Um, and we're completely diff- disconnected from perspective. So for so many people, they live their lives in a suit in a tie um, with the most important thing in the world being the um, annual revenue of their company annual revenue of their company um, and and I think I mean one of the things that that adventure therapy really does it it puts everything in perspective you know you get to the top of a mountain and the size of the world beneath you compared to your size it does help to really put things in perspective um I think yes management styles are changing um and I think we are becoming more aware but I think we're becoming less aware of um the importance of resilience and and of yeah. our own humanity mm-hmm. we are becoming machines and the impact this is having is vast Um, one of the things I talk about in some of my workshops is the idea of the work-life balance mm-hmm. and we all talk about the work-life balance and we all talk about how important the work-life balance is personally I take the work-life balance, rip it up and throw it out the window. Mm. Because when we talk about a work-life balance, we are suggesting that the two are completely different, that work and life do not coexist. Mm. Now, if we are not living while we're at work, what are we doing? (laughs) What's happening to our mind and what's happening to our body in that time? Mm. Um, So statistics have shown that we on average spend a solid 10 and a half years of our life at work on average. So that's 10 and a half years solidly, a 48 hours, uh, uh, sorry, 24 hours a day in the workplace. And if we're not living in that time, what's happening to our health? What's happening to our life? What's happening to our family? Yeah. Um, so my focus isn't in creating a work-life balance, but when I'm working with corporate groups um and businesses, my focus is to bring life back into the workplace mm. um, and to use various uh tools for creating the resilience and the strength to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess in that way you you're kind of addressing burnout as well, because I guess, you know, the yeah, you know, I mean being at work and all the stresses of work and and it's really interesting what you say about work-life balance, yeah. Because I mean, I've never really seen it that, that that way. But now you say it, I mean, it is absolutely true, isn't it? The suggestion is that your life is not at work, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, 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 do you see a lot of burnout? I'm guessing you probably do. I mean, when you're doing your work, yeah, it's
0: absolutely enormous. And yeah. I mean, burnout, burnout is the extreme. Burnout is is the absolute limit. But mm. I think what's what's alarming is the the number of people who are living. On the path toward burn, burnout, yeah. um, and I mean it has it has enormous effects. Stress, um, so so stress used to be we used to talk about stress, um, stress reaction as the the fight and flight uh, reaction, um, and now when we think about stress these days, um, the stressors, the things that stress us, aren't the big bear in the woods, um, or um. You know, extreme weather. The things that stress us are things like the bills, yeah. our boss, our work dynamics, the toxic situation at home. Mm. Um, and these stressors aren't things that we can fight or run away from. Mm. You know, the bills are going to be there whether we run away or not. Mm. Um, so as a result, we've developed what I'm calling the modern stress. Um. Responses, which is the peas a please. Mm-hmm. So we are conditioned to pee uh, to uh, please and appease other people. Um, and the other thing that we do is we freeze, and this is where a lot of the the symptoms that we know about the brain fog, um, the inability to focus. This is an example of the modern stress response the freeze and the please appease um we are disconnected from ourselves because we spend so much of our life pleasing others because we're not allowed to please ourselves anymore um not allowed It's very difficult to be authentic when society is putting such a strong pressure on us um so the 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 physical effect of this and the mental effect of this is vast and um, we have stress hormones in our body far too much of the time and we're not releasing them the natural ways of releasing these stress hormones through exercise sleep good diet for example we're not following those Um, yeah. this all leads to to um, physical issues such as lowered immunity hypertension stroke heart disease headaches and of course, mental things such as your brain fog, your lack of focus, mm. um, your feeling of, of being alone, procrastination. Yeah. Um, and these are the things. So, so complete burnout is, is the final uh, level. But so many people are on the road, you know, with these symptoms that I've just mentioned now. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that is a huge problem. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's now being called a uh, uh, pandemic.
1: Yeah, which doesn't surprise me, I mean, because I guess, yeah, I mean, in the corporate space, I mean, in you know, not only in the corporate space, but I mean, probably arguably in, you know, in most jobs, people are living with, but they're burnt out. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and in Absolutely. their own in their own lives, they're not doing the things that can probably help with the burnout. You know, and people, even people's inboxes. You know, I mean, I guess someone, you know, I think this is fairly common, you know, I mean, people look at their inbox, you know, on a Monday morning, and then just as you say, they're going to, they're going to, you know, fight, flight or freeze response, but obviously, they can't run away, they probably would like to, you know, I mean, they can't fight, because, (laughs) you know, their manager, you know, the hierarchy needs them to look at the email. So just as you say, they freeze, and all of the stress hormones just sit there, but they continually get produced, but they're not being then they just there's no outlet for them what's i mean what's the end stage of burnout i mean when people are you know really really far down the spectrum of burnout yeah. what, what does that look like Maz?
0: so i mean it's different for everybody but for a lot yeah. of people the the function of the brain the function of the body um does 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 not work um okay. so um one one definition is when we is burnout is pushing our mind and our body beyond its capacity on a regular basis for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um. So I think the emphasis there is. Beyond its limitations, and I I mentioned earlier that we are disconnected from our own limitations, and a lot of us deny the fact that we have limitations because we are operating now as if we ourselves are computers. Plug us into the into the wall, and off we go again. Um, There was a quote that somebody mentioned to me the other day saying, um, "I only have a body to carry my brain to the next meeting," and yeah how sad how how terribly terribly sad yeah. um, but this attitude unfortunately is spreading through through businesses more and more um mm-hmm. so yes yeah, the the, uh, the the final um outcome of burnout itself the brain and the body absolutely cease to operate yeah. um and and i mean i've i've known people who have been highly functioning very high level jobs mm-hmm. and they they can't you know they can't can't um can't give me the alphabet for example yeah. was, was. um so it is we need to listen to our bodies we need to listen to our brains um yeah. and we need to start making daily decisions and choices um and taking action and yes that's hard work it means we will have to go and exercise we will have to eat different food um yeah But, you know, we need to learn that taking drugs and medication cannot just keep us going at the rate that we've been going for for years. It will have an impact, and it is having a vast impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I mean... I guess well, what what you're saying partly is, you know, to, to build resilience in order to deal with, you know, the, the kind of working situation, you know, as it is in society, you know, involves looking after yourself in multiple different ways, you know, exercise and good diet are, are, are two of those. But, you know, yeah, I mean, interpersonal dynamics, I mean, there's, there's probably many and it's quite subjective, you know, but yeah, kind of mental health scaffolding and looking after yourself, being in nature, you know, another one, incredibly important if someone was feeling burnt out, I mean, if someone was, I mean, what would be the first, this might be difficult for you to answer because it is very subjective, I know, but, but generally if someone's starting to move into a burnout position, what what would, what would be the first kind of things that they would see, do you think?
0: Just procrastination generally? and brain fog are big ones, especially okay. for people in corporate situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, Um lack of focus um you know tiredness um it's it's very difficult because you know you can put a lot of these things against physical um problems as well you know a lot of people for example um in in stages of cancer will will feel similar symptoms um but i think it's compare your symptoms with your your lifestyle um i think is the important thing um and i think we we just don't take the time to look at our lifestyle we don't take the time even you know talking of mindfulness we don't take the time to listen to our own breath um and i think being aware of our minds our bodies and our lifestyle is is absolutely essential in order to create the resilience that we need, uh, to live our lives effectively to, you know, yes, we can work hard. We can push ourselves, but we need to acknowledge our limitations. And the, the, the trick here is acknowledging that everybody has different limitations. I mean, I've got friends who, who can work effectively. So they say on a five, six hour, uh, sleep every night now if I don't get my eight hours you don't really want to talk to me (laughs) 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 and I you know and and that's that's the normal so seven seven to nine hours um if you're not getting that amount of sleep a night um you are not looking after your body um and and more to the point your brain um and yet in corporate situations uh most people aren't getting their seven to nine hours um so I mean, then, then you look at the, the yes, um, for example, um, taking part in, a, for example, a, a burnout prevention and resilience creation workshop, like the ones that I run. Yes, that costs costs money. However, compare that with the amount of money that businesses are spending every year on resignations, on absences, um, on replacing staff, on, um lowered standards of work. There's billions being spent on bad health and more to the point, bad mental health every year.
1: Yeah, I mean, a, a, absolutely, because, you know, the bottom line of, is affected by the, you know, mental, physical health of the staff. If the staff are you know are struggling, then it affects the bottom line. I mean, it seems so obvious, doesn't it, when we, when we say it. But, you know, I mean, yeah. hopefully, you know, more kind of corporations and more businesses will start looking at that. I don't know. For me, I think, you know, I think the tech industry has probably led on this a little bit, Um yeah in terms of looking after staff and you know i think a kind of google as an example you know i mean i'm not not saying any of these tech firms are perfect but you know i think you know the sense i get is they are looking really at staff happiness and staff resilience if someone wants to get in touch with you maz if 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 if, you know someone wants to get in touch to get you to run a workshop or for any of the one to one work or indeed for anything that you offer uh, and how do they do it how do they get hold of you the best
0: way at the moment is through email Uh, So my email is uh, maz, that's M-A-Z, at L-I-F-L, for life is for living, dot global. So that's maz, at L-I-F-L, dot global
1: fantastic and we will put all of your links on on all our so all of our social media (laughs) sites I mean we always ask our guests at the end you know their favorite kind of coping strategy for good mental health I mean we spent really the whole episode talking about that but but what would be your number one would you say I mean what do you use in your own life
0: um the absolute number one is exercise um yeah um I don't think I would be on this planet today if I hadn't used exercise as a as a coping strategy the 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 difficult thing with exercise is when we are down when we are depressed um when we're low the last thing we want to do is put our trainers on and go outside even for a walk um so it's a different it is it is hard um but if we stay in bed with the curtain shut and the telly on is not going to get any better. So absolutely, the power of exercise on our body, on our brain. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to you for the next 20 hours um, about the physiological benefits, yeah. um, exercise alone. Um, so yeah, if somebody is in that situation, let's face it, most of us on the planet today have been in that situation.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. Get out, push yourself to exercise and connect with friends, connect with somebody. Yeah. Um, another really powerful one is give something to somebody else. Because when we're feeling low, there's so much emphasis on how we're feeling mm-hmm. and how we feel like we're the only person on the planet um, that are struggling. And we've all been through that. And and I'm not criticizing anybody. I've been through it as yeah. much as anybody. Yeah. Um. The ability to give to somebody else puts us in a, a very powerful position um and it creates um it creates awareness of others and it puts our own um, position in perspective as well so give something to somebody else even if it's if it's a phone call hey I just wondered how you are mm-hmm. Is by giving to somebody else we are also making ourselves feel better so yes exercise do something go for a walk get out change your scenery as fast as you can and give something to somebody else Um, even if that's phoning and saying hey I know you're not feeling great come for a walk with me then you're exercising and you're giving something to somebody else
1: yeah I mean that's a really beautiful one actually you know kind of like um I don't know, paying it forward, or yeah, yeah. that that's really lovely and and so important, isn't it? You know what you were saying about you know being depressed. Yeah, I mean that is all that is the difficult thing, isn't it? I think when one is depressed you know the depression says stay in bed don't go out you know but going out and exercising just initially finding that energy to do it because the exercise will get it will become self-reinforcing because you'll feel better and you want to do it more and you'll feel better yeah so I mean exercise is you know incredibly important I mean before we finish is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to mention
0: Oh crumbs! Um, we could talk forever, couldn't we? Um, but no, I mean, I think it's been it's been a lovely summary of you know of burnout and the creation of resilience. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and I'd just like to really thank you for being on the show. I mean, this is such an interesting show, and it's going to be really, really great and really helpful to all of our listeners. So, so thank you so much.
0: No problem at all. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'd like to really thank Maz for coming on the show. Goodness me. Um, I could have talked to her for, you know, many podcasts. I mean, just to pick up on some of the things Maz was talking about. Um, Yeah, I mean, the exercise, I mean, obviously our listeners will know, you know, that I I really, really share uh, Maz's, you know, Maz's belief, which, you know, is, is supported by research that, you know, exercise is really probably the best thing you can do, you know, for mental health, you know, and whether that be, um kind of walking or whether that be cardio or whether that be you know pilates i mean it can be any literally anything weights also recent research says that doing weights is you know it's just as good for mental health um mindfulness also um being in nature my listeners will know that's something that i talk a lot about you know on the show um but I, burnout is such an incredibly um prevalent you know, a uh, thing that kind of goes on, you know, in, in many companies in many, many different fields uh, that I'm really, really glad that we've had Maz on and we're able to talk about, you know, I guess in terms of, you know, being resilient to it, you know, and using strategies in order to, you know, to attain a kind of mental resilience uh, in order not to get burnt out, but also in terms of noticing burnout and strategies to kind of deal with burnout, um, even when burnout has started um so much social construction around you know work being you know a place where you know we, we just really really push ourselves you know push ourselves beyond our own capabilities and we all have you know as maz you know said you know we all have different kind of limits and different capabilities and i think that really really does need to be recognized you know in the world in the workplace. Um, yeah. So just again, thank you so much, Maz, for coming on. And I hope our listeners will really, really appreciate you know everything that Maz talked about on the show. Um, and a- another podcast is coming soon. Um, we're going to be talking about transpersonal psychology and much, much more. So stay tuned. Thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have been affected by any of the topics we discussed today, then please reach out to your country's um, mental health helplines. We have quite a few international listeners, and so mental health support services and helplines will vary from country to country. Uh, In the UK, Samaritans, I think, is the most easily accessible and can be accessed by searching for Samaritans online or calling 16-123 and reaching out to other people and other services such as perhaps your counsellor, uh, your GP or mental health worker, a mental health first aider or a trusted friend or family member. Um, often when we're upset it's, we feel it's difficult to reach out but reaching out can be tremendously helpful and therapeutic and also to remember that it's okay to not be okay.